of each particular thing ask, what is it in itself, in its own construction? Marcus Aurelius. Welcome to A New Order of Things. I'm your host, Eddie Killian, and this is a weekly podcast where creating conversations and community around building winning individuals and organizations is our goal. In this episode, we're talking about drift. It's drift, and the processes of mitigating it is a business hazard that all the things we'll discuss in this podcast, past and future, ultimately deal with. You could call mitigating drift a first principle when it comes to successful business. The effects of drift are massive. They're stealthy, and they are killers of businesses. Drift was originally defined by Diane Vaughn in 1994 as being the normalization of deviance. Harsh words, but very apropos. Since Vaughn's introduction of this idea, significant research and written word have been produced on the topic. But this has been aimed at drift's presence and effects on whole organizations. Notable examples of organizational drift are NASA, with both the Challenger and Columbia catastrophes. Hmm. There's going to be a couple of episodes on that in the future. Enron's epic deterioration. The Three Mile Island accident and numerous infrastructure fails, plane crashes, and the gross inabilities for government entities to see a massive terrorist attack in the making. But researchers have spent little effort studying the areas where drift is first recognizable, the frontline worker. Drift has predominantly been researched, examined, and scrutinized as it pertains to disasters of high consequence like those listed above. That's because they are well-researched, and oodles of data are available, and they're on the cover of every magazine, newspaper, news media, and everything else when they occur. The most prominent text and research on drift is led by Sidney Decker. In his book, The Field Guide to Understanding Human Error, he details drift as it pertains to safety. The link to his book will be in the show notes. He writes, Telling yourself to look for holes and failures makes you forget that to the people working there, their organization is not typically a brittle collection of porous layers full of people committing failures on a daily basis. To them, it is a place where normal people come to do normal work. If you look for the holes, the abnormal, the failed, and the broken, you will have difficulty understanding why things are normal to them why they would do what makes sense to them and their colleagues and superiors and often regulators. To understand that, the incremental nature of drift is important. While the end result of drift may seem a very large departure from originally accepted routines, each step along the way is typically only a small increment, or decrement, what was accepted previously. As such, the small departure from the previous routine does not normally concern people that much, especially if adverse consequences do not occur. Doing what you do today, which could go wrong but did not, does not mean that you will get away with it tomorrow. An entire operation or organization can shift its idea of what is normative, and thus shift what counts as bad news. On-time performance can be the expected norm, for example, even if we borrow from safety to achieve it. In such cases, the hurried nature of a departure or an arrival is not bad news that is worth reporting. 
or worth listening to for that matter. It is the norm that everyone tries to adhere to since it satisfies other important organizational goals, such as customer service or financial gain, without obviously compromising safety. From the inside, drift may become invisible. When Diane Vaughn called the process of drift the normalization of deviance, a group's construction of risk can persist even in the face of continued and worsening signals of potential danger. This can go on until something goes wrong, which, as Mr. Turner, which we will look into shortly, would have predicted, reveals the gap between the presence of risk and how it was believed to be under control. Small departures from an earlier established norm are often not worth remarking or reporting on. Such incrementalism contributes to normalization. It helps the organization learn the wrong thing. Experience generates information that enables people to fine-tune their work. Fine-tuning compensates for discovered problems and dangers, removes redundancy, eliminates unnecessary expense, and expands capacities. Experience often enables people to operate a social technical system for much lower cost or to obtain such greater output than the initial design assumed. Barry Turner, in his book Man-Made Disasters, which we were quoting earlier, details his belief that there is an incubation period of failure that occurs. A period where multiple things degrade and lead to an eventual disaster. Turner shows that the root of all disasters are social and cultural. Charles Perrault, the leading scholar of disaster and organizational failure, stated, With Turner's published work, technical explanations of failures have become metaphors. When organizations and workers drift, it happens slowly. On day one of a new hire's entry into the field, they follow all the required processes to the letter, meeting the 100% organizational target. As time goes by, that same worker has drifted off the required organizational levels. This happens prolifically across business and industry. It's in the oil field, your local big box retailer, where you bank, and among the workers at your favorite restaurant. None of these workers or their leaders recognize it. Liken this to the toad in the pot. Put Mr. Toad in a pot of boiling water and he jumps out faster than his wild ride. But if you put Mr. Toad in a pot of cold water and ever so slowly turn up the heat, dead Mr. Toad. The idea of these initial episodes is to define the key terms and the ideas that we'll continue to discuss, drill into, and learn about together in future episodes. Drift has significant impact on business and the individual, and there will be lots and lots of learning together about mitigating the hazards it causes. Join me next Tuesday as we continue to travel the path of what is difficult, perilous, and uncertain as we explore introducing a new order of things. I'm your host, Eddie Killian, and this concludes episode three. For exclusive content, notifications of each episode release, and sign up for my newsletter, head over to the website eddiekillian.com. Click on the link in the show notes and join the conversation, or contact me directly at interesting at eddiekillian.com. A new order of things is available to listen to completely free on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts and all the other places that you choose to find your podcasts. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave a quick review. Oh, and please share a new order of things with friends and coworkers. Make it a great day.